0: hello and welcome back to blacker couch reviews i'm your host christina we are back for another episode of vikings season two episode three treachery written by michael hearst directed by ken Garati. we got some action we caught up with some beloved characters and we ended in an upset for team lothbrook a lot to discuss in this episode before we jump in Wherever you're listening to this podcast, Apple, Podbean, Stitcher, Amazon, go down to the rating section, drop some stars, leave a review. My social media will be there as well. Remember to like, share, and subscribe. And if you want to send feedback for Vikings or any other show that we are currently doing, such as Lord of the Rings, House of the Dragon, and Barry, BlackerCouch at gmail.com. So this was in three locations that events were playing out cadigat wessex and in the oh i i had it too i know it's in scandinavia but i want to say headed by by, one or the other i think i want to start with the lagatha storyline since it's been so long since we've seen our boo since episode well it feels so long right it's only probably been one episode two episodes or one really without her and we wanted to know what had occurred after the time jump though because it has been four years i believe bjorn when we last saw him in season one was it when he was 10 that he got his armband if i'm to recur uh is when they actually become a man in the eyes of society i think he was 10 but as far as the time jump goes this would make him 14 15 years old we know that ragnar misses his son very much so and it turns out that his son bjorn misses daddy too
1: it's been a year daddy i really really miss you mommy says you went to the store to get milk anyways I'm failing all my
2: classes.
0: Lagatha has moved up in society. Considering she's a single woman, she managed to marry another Earl, Earl Sigurd, who does not like chasing after his wife up hills. She looks amazing. Got that one, na, na. However, her husband is a piece of shit. When she speaks about how he doesn't care about her or her son because he's trying to make an overture to bjorn that's not being well received he smacks her in the face causing her to bleed then immediately apologizes saying he lost his temper and this unfortunate incident is witnessed by bjorn who confronts his mother about it why do you allow that this man to do this to you because we know that you're a boss ass bitch and that you can beat this motherfucker with one hand tied behind your back but it seems as if um the fact that he's the son of the great Ragnar Lothbrok is causing jealousy for the Earl but she wants to secure him the luxuries of being an Earl's son even though she and Ragnar are no longer together so I can see especially when she said this has not happened before uh i'm not sure if she's lying or trying to protect him but i feel like if it had yeah she would have handled it so he says he misses his father he brings him up like what would he think of the situation she tells him you should miss your father you have a name to be proud of and he's like you need to be proud to be his wife you mean former wife? Because they both have moved on. Later on at dinner, when Bjorn is not eating, sigvard continues to make snarky comments about Ragnar trying to get a rise out of him. He says, No, I'm not hungry. He looks at his mother and he says, I could use something from you. Allow me to go out into the cabin. In the mountains and allow me to prove myself in my manhood and see what more there is to life other than the luxuries this makes lagatha hella proud
2: proud of your boy
0: however his dickhead stepfather says no because if anything were to happen to you that's going to be a bad reflection of me and i just want to clearly make you unhappy and your mother despite me saying i want to do something to encourage us to have a closer relationship i was unhappy to see lagatha in this particular type of story arc but it's nice to see bjorn grow up to be a far more sophisticated or at least tolerable person than the person we knew in season one did i state he should be about 14 years old i think i did but he seems to want to prove his manhood he's very much like his father wants to go out into the world he's been taught by a great man and now the entire kingdom knows that he's a great man so much so that he's off with the king on a raid and i'm sure this makes a lot of the other earls very jealous i think that lagatha was not happy with the response so i'm curious to see what she does next this leads us to the Jarl Borg of it all. Jarl Borg marries Torvi. And this alliance with another family, prominent family with an army, is celebrated at his hall. He talks about the first time he married, wherein his brother poisoned all of the guests. And the only reason why he was spared is because his wife took the wine from him and drunk first, and he had to watch his beloved die so despite Torby being confident about this not happening once again he said he still can't bear it that PTSD is real and he takes a drink makes a little bit of a joke about being poisoned and then sits down and says skull he announces that he has been insulted it's like as you all know i am not raiding as was promised in part of our pact he does admit he blames king horg more so than he does ragnar but ragnar's lands are unguarded being left by his brother who also betrayed me and his wife which means it's up for grabs and he intends to secure Kattegat for himself he goes on the attack but it is seen in the distance by Rolo well actually Siggy the can we say the unsung hero really of this uh storyline thus far. saw her briefly go and see Aslog who seems as if she gave birth like it was nothing she all sitting up in bed barely ain't caught a sweat got a glow about her and Siggy sees that the child has a snake serpent in its eye just as she predicted proving that she is in fact a vulva this is uh, followed up with rollo getting all of the able men which are old and women to be able to de- defend kataget as aslog is sent away with the children of ragnar knowing that's super important Siggy was so ready to do battle she put her hair up she grabbed her sword and her shield and she's like let's do this let's get Rolo said you too good for this world go protect Siggy or go protect Aslog and her children while he stems off the attack as best he can however of course they are no match for an actual invading army with only the elderly women and children left behind so the village is taken over despite best attempts and Rolo is able to get away Borg massacres everyone in the village then walks into the great hall chuckling because he's managed to get one over on one of the most famous people in the kingdom which I'm sure Ragnar is going to take super well.
2: You tell him I'm coming and hell's coming with me you hear?
0: I don't blame y'all Borg for what he did. I know that ragnar was the messenger but unfortunately that is he's being utilized in this situation and once you go to england you understand more why ragnar is trying to work the king so even though he himself felt as if this was shitty to do to y'all borg uh y'all can't go after the king so he goes after ragnar instead and he's successful and i can't knock him for repaying the insult insult with with uh what he did his own actions it's just unfortunate that Ragnar is not the type of person to let a grudge go not even a little bit you threaten his family and we all know he ain't about that even if we own the fucking outs he tortured my brother I'm which leads us to wessex we get our first true understanding of king Eckbert. he explains that he was in the court of charlemagne if you know anything about charlemagne he's one of the greatest kings in all of french history he managed to unite his kingdom so you can tell he was a disciple of someone who had a master plan and was a bit of a genius in the middle uh middle age kingdom and so he takes inspiration he says that they too had ran into a group of northmen he knows how they operate he knows that they're swift they come in they take what they want and they leave a sea of blood behind them he was prepared for this moment when he heard about Northumbria now we have to deal with these pagans and he gets his court pretty hype like yeah I'm not even sweating this I'm not even worried about this he sends his king, can- his can yes but son Aethelwulf to gather an army while he allows things to play out they play out in the manner of coming upon the village of winchester which is a place of pilgrimage for the saint of Bilberin or billarest saint b and the only thing that king hurric is concerned about is if there's going to be treasure and nathelson says oh, oh, oh yeah there will be treasure i like this fight because it felt unlike the first times they were coming to england they were up against very little resistance and here you see even in wessex they protect their villages they're aware that they, the, the alarm goes off so they're not killing people in their sleep they're actually coming up against the enemy and being successful they enter the village they come up against the the Guard or something to that effect and they are slaughtered it's nice to see king Horik though was getting his ass in the fight so was athelstan so was floki who had a really good scene one-on-one and none of them have anything on ragnar in the way he just moves through a scene it's just it's very mesmerizing and everyone has been brought into the church you saw that they were hiding the precious goods but this monastery unfortunately is not protected by anything other than the ability to hide floki gets up in athelstan's face like where is this treasure you're talking about king hork is upset too and athelstan's like yeah you're mistaken you're standing on the treasure and they were so happy when they opened that box and found it. Here comes the money.
2: Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, money,
0: money. Ragnar is given the Saints head as they find his other body parts. And he says, Come over here. I don't care about you. Notice this whole episode? Ragnar is very disinterested in the material things he has come with a game plan and a desire to make some headway and the fact that he's dealing with someone that's a lot like him he thinks maybe i can sell this new idea that is far bigger than just this momentary snatch and grab that we're so used to doing but he he very much is looking at the true things he considers treasure and that is the land that is the bread that is the grain and the history and understanding the people that live here which is what him and athelstan have a close bond with and he goes you keep talking to me like i know what the fuck a saint is (laughs) i love this irritation what's a miracle and he tells him a little bit more about the history keep this conversation in your back pocket someone who does things that are impossible their bones are are um preserved because people think they have some type of magical power there is no icon type of devotion or reverence in in scandinavia at this time so this is a new concept a new idea that ragnar takes a lot of interest in You know who also is taking interest in this growing bond between Athelstan and Ragnar? That is Floki and his stank eye is real. I'm upset. So Floki does the entire episode. Goes to pick at the wounds of Athelstan and where he came from and what his identity is. And I think Ragnar sees completely through it they end up finding most of the the villagers that are remaining and the priest and poor torsten he 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 did what he did man he took that axe and he didn't give them no opportunity that is a sucky way to die in a fucking hole in the ground but they murder everyone they continue to search the village for more treasure athelstan goes into a rectory and he's a little taken aback by the familiarity of it all there's a monk who's hiding a book very much reflective of who he used to be four or five years ago despite killing the man he is horrified because this is him this is who he was he sees a priest and he tells him to hide but the priest of course feels he has the right to play judge during an execution or well not quite execution he's just judging at this time and i'm like no fucking go hide like he told you to he is found by floki and horick and they decide to have fun with him by tying him to his own altar and shooting him with arrows to the amusement of everyone else ragnar sees what's going on well first he's in a cabin he opens a oven because he wants to see how they make bread but everyone else is like treasure he sees the bread and his first bite of it was clearly ecstasy oh god it's so good mm. Mm. so good Mmm, so good and tasty mm. Mm. Mm i'm not sure if that was a little girl or a little boy but i'm gonna say it was a girl because i know that during viking raids they raped women so that would be a very clear reason and i think that though even if it was a child it would have been he would have been susceptible he or she to be murdered but you see that little bit of mercy from ragdar because he has a soft spot for children and he ends up taking a grain sack and hiding the child from the other soldiers that's when he comes in back into the church and sees what's happening he's not going to interfere because this is the king however he does get a little stiff when he sees athelstan going up there because he was like oh if i got to go to war for my boo i'm about to go to fucking war for my boo but luckily nothing goes down he ends up giving mercy to the priest by slitting his throat himself and no one decides to do anything about it and thus things are settled but ragnar was he was ready to do battle for athelstan
2: oh don't do it Yeah. yeah oh my god
0: Horik and floki are like our gods have a bigger dick and what you're talking about is bullshit. so they must feel the need to humiliate the god to show their inferiority whereas you see ragnar's not quite as like decide a divisive just due to the gods they then set up camp and he has a conversation with horrocks saying what do you think of england he's like it's all right seems to have done well for what it was supposed to do they are close to the shore so it shows that Eckbert was correct um he says the true treasure is the land i'm a farmer the son of a farmer and i know that this what they have to offer here can solve all of our problems in scandinavia there's too little land there's not enough food we don't have to go raiding we can set up a colony here and horic's like that sounds all well and good but do you think that they're gonna just give us this land that we want there's a conversation between floki and athelstan where he gives him a bible and he says look you see this armband i'm committed to ragnar lofbrook we're together and you're gonna have to get over it because my god is thor and he's like yeah i don't believe you and also here's a hand of the man relic <laughs> he's such an asshole back in wessex Eckbert in his bath is joined by a few of his other courtiers and it turns out that upon hearing winchester he's like well you know the priests there they always want martyrdom that's what y'all want so i gave him the opportunity and i also took the opportunity to see where the northmen were going to strike first and i also I'm going to utilize you, Bishop, to give you a chance at martyrdom as I stick my dick in your face. Fucking right in the pussy. Notice he also sent that one guy that was saying, "Well, some people in the kingdom are like, why didn't you do more to protect it?" He's like, "Oh, okay, so somebody, you mean you? Yeah, I'm gonna put your life at risk as well." You immediately get a sense of expert and his political genius as he plays even his own people as pawns in his game and so he sends the bishop with that stank eyed dude who don't know how to keep his eyeballs in his face though for real to rendezvous with ragnar and king Horik. king Horik does not speak the language so that gives ragnar the opportunity to be the voice and he tells him why playing with his bishop robes it's Ragnar he has to always do something that's rather charming but threatening at the same time by folding it up and then putting it under his neck like well the king wants to know how long we're gonna stay that depends uh maybe we want to stay maybe we can have a conversation and he relays that message back that he wants to open said conversation and this is what he wants to convince Horik of and why it's important for him to get his king on the side of this idea so i like that ragnar is trying to play his own little political game utilizing his own people as well showing that he and Eckbert are quite alike in the scenario but the other guy because he kept staring too hard at the camp like he was counting how many people that they had and do it so ever. Obviously, Horik takes his axe and kills the man. Of course, Ragnar's like,
2: Oh, Lord. Again. A fucking again. Nothing new. Nothing changed. Same
0: old shit. Same old fucking sh- But he is not in charge. He's not the king. He can't reproach the king. And so he walks away as everyone else. Floki loves it. And he watches him in Horic as the bishop falls off his horse, which was rather hilarious because he's like, get me the fuck out of here. I don't want to be a martyr, despite what I say. It's curious that Ekbert rather casually talks about religion and in a way of he uses it as a tool. Curious. Very curious and this pretty much concludes the the interaction in england with them wanting to finally meet even though we didn't get that meeting in this episode what and how is what's going on at home going to influence what's going on on the banks of england because it feels like ragnar is the sensible one in all of this However, Horik is the one that is in charge, ultimately. So, I'm really excited for next episode, because I think it's going to be a good one. And I'm not saying that, because I actually remember. I'm just guessing, (laughs) based on slight recollection of memories, that it's going to be. I've said all I needed to say, let's head into feedback.
2: Hey Christina, it's me, Shy. I am here to give my feedback for Vikings season two, episode three. Um, this was a very interesting episode. I, I, um, I use the word I'm gonna use the word I should say cowardice to describe this episode because that's, in my opinion, what was displayed on numerous occasions uh, or by several people in this one. First and foremost, you got Harold, Jarl, whatever, how you say his name, um, using, um, again, he's an opportunist. So, you know, but at the same time, I think it's a cowardice act to, um, and you know, conveniently, while Ragnar is out raiding and doing all the things, he's going to take, you know, attack uh, Catechit. And obviously, it's only, they only have the... Older men or men who couldn't um, fight and the women and children left behind while they go out and plunder and all that good stuff. Um, so I just found it cowardice of him to use that opportunity to seek his revenge. It's like, really, dude, how convenient. You know, you want, I mean, the, the time for that, you know, it's like, how about mano imano? mano? um so obviously we know why i shouldn't say obviously but in my opinion we know why he did that um of course to get the advantage while he's away but it, it just to me that's just just shady and shyster shisty behavior so he should be up on the chopping block for sure um in regards to uh, ragnar seeks his revenge um uh, thankfully his um His children got away. Um, Of course, Siggy, as usual, her usual. Uh, I'm just trying to understand where her endgame is because she just seems to be playing all sides of the fence (laughs) at this point. Um, So, Rolo, he did the honorable thing, got the um, Aslog and the children and Siggy and some of the servants away um, because, obviously, that would have been... A huge prize for Harold and yeah, Ragnar—I mean, Rollo—was not having it, so he had his brother's back on that. So then we have Lagatha, who unfortunately got out of the fire, out of the—was it out of the fire plan, out of the fi- flying man I can't even talk frying pan into the fire—with leaving Ragnar and ending up with this doofus which is my coward is person number two. I don't have any respect for any man that strikes a woman um, just to exert his control, his power over her and all of that stuff. Um, I don't see this ending well um, because I just feel Bjorn is just, you know, like he said, he's not about that life. You know, you're not going to be hitting my mom. You know, now that he's a grown man, Bjorn, so, um he he's not trying to play that and so and i can speak of that from experience having three boys um, they're very protective of their mamas um so <laughs> um i don't see that um ending well for this earl person and um yeah he's wanting i mean he misses his dad so that was sad to hear which i mean wasn't shocking but sad um because he chose to be with his mom, thinking that he's gonna be protecting her. And then she ends up with this doofus that is uh, beating up on her. Um, So it's kinda, and they're both unhappy um, in this new life. And so it makes you wonder whether or not, um, I mean, I know she couldn't live with, uh, well, she felt she couldn't live with Ragnar and this other woman while she's giving birth to all these kids. And she's not able to, so I know it was it was a tough decision and a tough um, you know tough for her to move on and you know Bjorn as well. But now she's in 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 a, another horrible, well, or a worse situation um, with this dude. So I don't see that ending well. I see Bjorn doing something about this Earl or maybe even Lagartha She's a she's a shield, she's a shield uh, maiden, so. I don't see her putting up with him putting her putting his hands on her for too much longer. Um, Then we got Aslog that, um, as prophesied by her, gave birth to some with a baby with a snake in his eye. And did they explain what that's supposed to mean? I'm not understanding. You know, I know Siggy looks, you know, shocked and you know, worried. Um, I don't, I know she, um, Aslog said to Ragnar that this child will have a serpent eye but what exactly does that mean (laughs) is he gonna be evil i'm assuming that's what it means he's got evil evil and uh evil spirits i don't know Uh, i i I mean i know they got their their uh beliefs and so it's gonna be interesting on that and then we have i mean i'll just throw in the, the the lord bishop who you know was all braggadocious yeah, so you know, martyrdom. Yeah, that's what we do. Yeah, sure. Uh-huh, uhhuh. And then <laughs> the king is like, Good, I'm glad you feel that way. Now it's your turn to go out there. <laughs> he was shook <laughs> oh homeboy was shook his uh and uh and I I couldn't help but crack up during the scene where he was trying to get back on that horse. Uh yeah, that was hilarious. But, you know, the king, I forget his name. I mean when he said, I grieve, (laughs) it's like, sir, it doesn't sound like you're sad. (laughs) Maybe it's just, maybe you're holding it in. Um, But it's one of those, you know, those saying that they always say to sacrifice a few for the good of the many kind of thing. And so it's like, he sacrifices Winchester to see uh, what Ragnar and his group is all about. See what his enemy is all about. So he can get a tactical advantage. I mean, I mean, it's cold, <laughs> but that's that's how he rolls. Cause the homeboy is not. He is. Mm, he is stone cold. He. He. I think. Uh, was it? Um. Ethelston said um that he's his version, the English version of Ragnar. But I don't, I don't know. Right. I mean this dude seems to be a little bit more cold blooded, but we'll see. Um he don't play. So they they're going up against a formidable foe with this dude, I feel. And then we got Floki and his suspicion slash jealousy over at Ethelstan. Um and so that should be interesting. I don't I feel like Floki is not I mean we saw it, but you know, Floki is not that impressed with Ragnar's relationship with him, and Ragnar learning, and it's like, I mean, and you talked about it before, um, you know, they're about just, you know, kill, plunder, raid, rape, whatever, and Ragnar is more about um, being strategic and learning, just like we saw in this episode. He's figuring out, you know, what, uh, about the land, about the people, about their beliefs, And so he can use that in a way, in a strategic way. Um, He's talking to the king about, you know, just, you know, taking over this land. Of course, the king had a good point um, as well. Uh, They're not gonna just let us stay here without a fight. So um, we're gonna have to, if we're gonna take over something, you you gotta come up with a better plan than, oh, I just wanna be here. Um, um, And of course, then we can see the wheels in Ragnar's head turning. And so, which is why he said what he said to the bishop. Uh, he's trying to, you know, figure out his uh, his enemy, who out, who this king is, what he's about. Um, so while everybody else um, is just more focused on um, just getting rich and all that stuff, so he's thinking about the future and where they stand as a people. Um, Ragnar, that is so. This was um, like I said, this was very interesting. They brought Lagatha and Bjorn back into the mix. So I have a feeling we're all gonna meet up again at some point. Um I was wondering about that in the first two episodes. Um so yeah. on that note, I think that's all I got. On that note, until next time, much love, peace, and black girl magic, Queen of the Couch. Shy.
0: Thank you, Queen Shy, for your thoughts on the episode. So you believe that you actions were cowardly because he went after a village that we're not equipped with soldiers. I can see why that would be a thought process. I will respectfully disagree. I think that he's the more aggrieved party here. I think that it's up to Ragnar to protect his own. I mean, if you leave $300 out on the ground, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> is it cowardly for me to pick it up and take advantage of that or many opportunities have been taken because someone else has been asleep at the will i don't know maybe it's because of the women men and children but as stated i'm the aggrieved party and you were stupid enough not to think that i would seek revenge in some type of manner because i'm that type of punk ass bitch and that's kind of on ragnar it is unfortunate to see him go up against uh you know not a very strong group of people but i don't know if i want to put cowardice at his doorstep opportunistic i can agree with but that doesn't necessarily for me lead to cowardice that and i'd have to then criticize Torsten for like i consider that the more cowardly act right or i'd have to put them within the same category of what Ragnar's doing or at least his men because Torsen opened that thing and there's nothing but helpless women and children and he took his axe to them like nobody's business (laughs) and so did the rest of them to accomplish what they needed to accomplish they're just obstacles in their way and it is rather sad but is that's why I say I think I don't know if all is love and fair in the game of war it's just war it's just you know battle but i uh like your observations about Eckbert. he does seem to be very very slick with it including his own moralistic culpability even when it comes to religion i think that's something to keep an eyeball on and lastly bjorn despite being probably a 22 23 year old person that stated early in the podcast he's just a teenager i know he's got the philip and syndrome where he looks like a grown ass man and he's supposed to be 15 16 but yeah yeah he's about 15 so uh there's that maybe 16 at the most that's why i said 15 16 at the very most but he's definitely not a grown ass man (laughs) which you're gonna want to keep in mind because he's going to act like a teenager (laughs) so you would be like why is this grown ass man acting like a teenager it's because he's supposed to be portraying a teenager oh lastly the thing about the vulva and the snake in the eye that was just to confirm because she's been going around saying that her father is this great conqueror and this is the first time we're getting true proof that Aslog is a vulva which is in north mythology is a human who is able to see the future she's practically a fortune teller so that is someone who considered particularly special but they also may think of them as a sorceress so keep that in mind as well we do have feedback from mimi as well who is about five six episodes ahead i'm sure she's like Can't wait for us to get to where she's at, even though I've seen it already, but definitely to talk about it. Look forward to hearing what she has to say about this episode, so take it away.
1: What up, Stina? This is Mimi. This is Feedback for Vikings um, episode three of season two. I'm really trucking along here. There's very few things that are keeping me entertained television-wise, so Vikings and uh, the salmon are really all I got. So I'm really trucking through these episodes. I'm trying to wait for you, but waiting one one episode a week isn't working for me. So I'm really really like just watching sending feedback and watching some more so um. I did watch this, I believe it was yesterday. Um, I really liked this episode. Um, we finally got to see my girl, Ag... Lagertha? I don't know why I've been calling her Agatha this whole time. But um, I just looked up because uh, looked it up because I, for the life of me, could not remember Bjorn's name. I think it was because he got on my nerves as as a child and i just never bothered to care um i was calling a turnip head for the most part but i can't call him that anymore because the um older version i think he's what like 17 now i mean he still got that stupid ass haircut but he does not look like a turnip head anymore so i can't call him that so i was like i probably should learn his name and then i look it looked up his name and then i saw her name Lagurtha um so we finally got to see what they were up to um i will say i watched the hunger games the the movie and i read the books so seeing the guy who plays um older bjorn all i could think about was kato because that's (laughs) who he played in the movie i mean he didn't get to be in any other other uh any other other um sequels um so you know <laughs> i i just know him from that one episode um or i should say that one season so maybe i could think of him now as bjorn instead of kato we'll see i don't know which came first i have no idea um i watched that i didn't watch this live so who knows he was probably in both at the same time anyway um i'm gonna start with this um storyline because i was so happy to see her um i didn't know what to expect um i guess i should have probably realized that um you know a woman in this day and age isn't going to be able to okay (laughs) well i was trying to let a person pass and he was just staring at me okay well then stay in that lane and don't fucking turn i don't give a shit that's what you get for being nice anyway um i was really like happy to see her um and then we got to see what's become of her um it looks like she is uh with another earl i what i was saying before is you know i guess with her skill set you know being the like the badass bitch that she is um, she's still a woman and this is still a time when women didn't have very many options so her getting remarried clearly is going to be her best option plus she has a kid already um, I don't know how old she's supposed to be um, I'm assuming you know how old Bjorn is They probably she probably met Ragnar pretty early in her youth and since the miscarriage it sounds like she's been having trouble conceiving so she you know she might not be able to bear kids anymore so i know with that that also limits her um options so you know her like marion um in like i guess up is probably her best bet and then she was able to find someone that had some type of authority and some type of privileges as, as well as ragnar and it seems as though maybe her being who she was is what even intrigued dude because ragnar clearly uh, has made a name for himself and it's going all over the place um and then i'm assuming because we know people besides the vikings know who he is so it doesn't surprise me that other vikings know him um which is kind of cool um because they didn't have uh, uh social media back then so that just proves you know how well he's doing um but she's with someone that clearly i mean he does she said he doesn't love her and i i'm sure she doesn't love him because um she probably still loves ragnar and i mean the circumstances underneath their way they left um she probably doesn't didn't get enough closure um and then i'm assuming she probably heard through the grapevine, that he just the whole the whole thing with um, their relationship is very interesting, and I, I'm curious to know if they're ever gonna run into each other again. I can't imagine. I mean, they say the world is small, but you were usually running into people that you don't want to when you least expect it. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I would assume, you know, being that she has one of Ragnar's kids. Um, if they don't go looking for him he might start looking for them um who knows maybe even if he has enough you know clout maybe he can find some send someone to go look for them but um it doesn't seem like bjorn cares very much for this oral he seems i mean i don't know his behavior like even though he's saying that he is He doesn't want bjorn to go and you know get himself killed because he's an earl how that looked but the way he was saying it seemed very vindictive and petty so he probably doesn't want him to do it just because he because bjorn wants to and bjorn doesn't seem to have any kind of love for him i it does he doesn't seem disrespectful but you know he probably misses his dad um, and he went with his mom and I think that was the right choice but I'm sure he maybe maybe regret isn't the right word but maybe he you know longs to know how his dad is doing he wants to talk to him he misses him which is normal because his dad was a good dad no matter how he you know their relationship abruptly ended Ragnar always you know showed love and even respect for his kid which is not not everybody does that Um, I will say the actor that is playing uh, older Bjorn like I don't know if it was a director thing or if it was an actor's choice he has a lot of mannerisms that Ragnar's character have like the little weird like way that they I don't know how to explain it but they'll like say something and then they'll move their head like in a weird peculiar way and their eyes will go back and forth. It's so strange. It's a it's a mannerism that I noticed since season one, and it's so weird. Um, I don't know how to explain it, but I see that same those same mannerisms in Bjorn, and it's interesting. Um, I don't know if anybody else notices stuff like that. Mannerisms is something I've always been interested in and always paid attention to. Um, I um really like that we got to see her i was hoping that it wasn't the end of their storyline um but i can not see how Bjorn will you know eventually become so, uh, somewhat of a success um he might be trying to live up to the expectations of his dad or trying to be better than him i don't know i haven't i haven't decided yet but i'm very curious about where this storyline is gonna go Um, and I'm happy that we get to see it Um, I don't like her husband but I mean a lot of uh, rich people are pricks so that doesn't surprise me Um, I'm glad she was able to find someone that can you know keep her safe and comfortable and she ain't out here struggling so there's that Um, so back to the other storyline with Ragnar Um, shit. I don't even remember what's going on with him. I'm thinking more about what's going on in Kattegat with the um the guy that Ragnar and the king wouldn't let raid with him. It seems a little petty though. I just, and I could you know, maybe this is something you just have to explain it to me, but it seems like un- Viking-like is the only word I can think of. To go to a town where you know all of the warriors are gone. And you basically kill a bunch of elderly women and children. Like, I know that this is a, like a... like he, he is trying to seek his revenge and basically this is war. But the way the Vikings fight and they're um, like, you know mythology on you know dying like a warrior like I can see why the towns folks would want to fight because this is their way to get in Valhalla and to maybe even be around people that they love that died in battle that they otherwise would never see but what kind of glory and like would you if you died in a battle like this would that still would that still be a glorious death doesn't seem like it would um seems like you would be considered a coward and i don't know i don't know enough about their lore and their mythology and the way you know their gods work to know if this is even a thing but i am very curious to to know if you can you know enlighten me on that um but i will say um even though um (laughs) why am i drawing a blank on Rolo? Rolo was clearly wasted and like uh, hung over and laid out he um woke up and planned a a counterattack pretty quickly um I don't know how long it takes boats to get from one like I don't know like the amount of time so when they saw them to when they actually came it could have been hours I mean it could have been a day for all the fuck I know I don't know how time works when it comes to sea travel but um he did really well considering they didn't have any um you know warriors except him everybody else was gone um i i love how ziggy was like she got a sword and a shield she wasn't even holding it right and i feel like if i can tell that it's bad <laughs> but she was ready to go out with the blaze of glory and i'm proud of her um but you know he get rollo gave her a better job and i'm proud of that that was that seems more suited They get all the kids um, and the the mothers of young kids out of there. I I definitely saw women fighting, so it must have been some type of like, okay, your kids are maybe you don't have any kids, so you can go, or you know your kids are older, you can fight with them. I don't know how they divided it, but um, I definitely saw young kids and there was some women. So maybe the women that takes care of the kids when i would assume that's probably how they did it like a, a village type like all the, the young kids are together um and then the guy told rollo you know your job is to save your brother's sons so you need to go so this is clearly gonna like now they're gonna be all separated they're in the mountains i don't know if the old dude's gonna go after them seems like he got what he wanted um, and maybe it's like a cat and mouse game maybe he wants to find Ragnar so that it can be like a full-blown attack and fair. I don't know but I am very interested to go to this next episode because I, I don't know how long it's gonna be between when Ragnar comes back because he's in the middle of a you know, a raid and they got some other shit going on um, and <sighs> so we'll see how that goes and then just a side note um I was thinking like Floki was like fucking with Appleton I know that's not his name and I don't care how you really say it um because he was like you know you said he's a radical so I thought maybe that's what it was but then I'm thinking maybe because him and Floki and Ragnar seem like they're like somewhat really close like I would even say best friends. so maybe he feels intimidated by their relationship um because Appleton and Ragnar seem to have some type of romance that just keeps getting stronger so maybe that's why he always fucking with him because he's jealous I don't know i um, just curious to see what you think anyway I've gone long enough so I'll end it here until next time love peace hair grease and black girl magic queen of the couch Mimi out
0: thank you queen Mimi for your thoughts on the episode so you are in the camp with shy where you both believe that is an act of cowardice i looked up cowardice because i was like well maybe i got the definition wrong <laughs> Maybe i'm not thinking about it in the way um it is being um being being uh correlated there we go it's a word i'm thinking of so i looked it up and it kind of means spineless faint-hearted refusing to stand up for a bully i think your assessment of it being petty is one i could probably jump on a little bit more it doesn't line up at least for me with cowardice uh, at least my understanding of the definition but i agree it's petty because he acknowledged himself that really this shit was because of the king the king clearly has authority over ragnar and because i choose not to go after the more juicier more consequence filled adversary i choose to go for ragnar who could in the end have said you know what i'm siding with you i think for me i i can't look at y'all y'all borg as the one who wasn't offended like what did he do that was so wrong he actually didn't do nothing he uh, started a war they were in the middle of the war then Rolo betrayed him then he made a pact with these two people then they betrayed him or more like Horak betrayed and then Ragnar was his footboy, so he's like I have no respect for you so I'm taking your shit not of course because we're team Ragnar wanting to see happen because well he's Ragnar and how dare you try to go after what's his because that's who we are biasly in the camp of but objectively I can't see that at least I don't see that he did anything particularly too egregious now as far as the culture goes well I mean if you're going into battle the goal is to die in battle because that's the highest honor But we've seen other people be murdered and they have also gotten into Valhalla. So say episode 3 or 4 of season 1 when the Earl had that one guy. He went out, he got in Siggy's bed and then they murdered him. He doesn't think he's not going to Valhalla for murdering someone that he set up, right? Uh, But the guy that, that was being murdered, well he can't make a sound because then he's not taking this death correctly so the rules are a little weird it's not built on pure uh the stakes need to be leveled at the same equilibrium or anything like that it's the manner in which you conduct yourself to be worthy of Valhalla so if that answers your question better because they're also playing with the idea in this episode about the viking and christian idealisms that are being challenged by greed and ambition and utilized in these as these tools in the control of the population which a lot of religious you know ideas tend to be made for so it's all about what your perception is of that on what you want to label it but I can't disagree at all at being petty because it was petty, but it was not meant not to be petty. He's <laughs> like, oh, well, you embarrassed the shit out of me, made me look like a fucking fool. And now I'm going to make do the same thing to you. Romance, jealousy or religious jealousy, mildly interesting. That's all I can say about that a great observation regarding Bjorn's mannerisms I would keep track of that because they definitely did that intentionally (laughs) he is the son the quintessential son of Ragnar Lothbrok who knew him as the man he was before power came to him and I think that's also a huge huge for beyond the man beyond the person because he got to know who this person was on a level uh before and after that his other children aren't going to get to know him on the same level of right there's difference being raised as a farmer's kid versus being raised as the earl's son uh yes being the wife of Ragnar probably did make her a prize yeah I'm totally with you that it's not even that she couldn't have married anyone is that she wanted a station that was equal uh, I don't I don't want to take away from Lagatha's own ambition you know here comes this princess showing up steals my fucking husband I'm gonna walk away from that because I refuse to be insulted here but at the same time she's been living the that t- now that she's gotten a taste of that privilege that power herself that's the what she wants for her son and i do think that she wants to see herself as an equal player on in the game on her own rights and so the sacrifice of dealing with a man that she doesn't really love and who isn't the best of people is something she's willing to sacrifice in order to have those same type of comforts so to speak that you mentioned that she is afforded with this type of life And it's not like there are 50 million earls out there in Scandinavia. We're already talking about how they fight each other for scraps of land and how it is difficult and how they're forced to raid because of the limited power base as well as opportunities that Scandinavia offers. That is going to be a little bit more prominent in the Vikings Valhalla series when that comes back so her son bjorn really isn't being challenged as a warrior and that's something that he really wants because despite the fact that he's got all this privilege he knows from his father that he has to earn that for himself he's been inspired by his father to earn that for himself not for it to be given to him so really good uh conversation around this episode can't wait to hear your feedback both you ladies on the next episode which should be pretty damn good as i stated i believe so if you want to send feedback on the next episode blacker at gmail.com or you can leave a comment below on this podcast my social media will be there as well remember to like share and subscribe until the next time peace hair grease and blacker magic